0: Right, hello, and welcome to a little bit of a late night edition of Soccer to the Max, as there is a lot to talk about in this show. Of course, I'm so glad I'm not here doing this for myself. (laughs) I am your host Sean Carver here with me as always, Mr. Eric Watkins. Ah,
1: so yeah, another quiet weekend in the world of soccer. Yeah, run-of-the-mill, no big news or anything yeah yeah not, no no
0: big news or nothing just not not nothing is going on that we we're gonna see, and it totally affects us if you listen to us at all um so yes, we will get into um the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is out finally with Manchester United but we'll get to that, so I feel like it's uh disingenuous for us, to kind of sort of making it a point to at least cover the of yourself a little bit. they just had their championship on. Uh, Saturday afternoon, and I think we should definitely, being a championship, we should give them uh their due to begin with here. So uh, we will talk about Major League Soccer as well. They had their playoffs, but they're not done with this round yet. They have two games on Tuesday, especially, oh, my God, I don't know why they love to do this, on Tuesday night of all. They couldn't do it over the weekend, the Seattle game, you know, so people don't have to stay up till frickin' 1 in the morning on the East Coast waiting for that game to end. But no, of course they have to do it that way. So we'll be late night again on Tuesday, uh, I, I, talking about Major League Soccer's playoffs. Yeah.
1: I can tell you with Seattle, blame the Seahawks.
0: Probably. And then also I was like, why are we doing a game on Thanksgiving? Like, do you need to compete <laughs> and, with the NFL? I don't know. Did so, I not
1: mention that? How yeah. I said it was a
0: bad idea. Yeah. I think I read something, I read something to you about how they thought it was like, well, we might as well start a tradition or whatever. It's like, no, you don't need to do that. But whatever, Miglings Soccer. Uh no no need for that. Uh, thanks anyway. a lot, Don. Yeah. Thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks, Don. Anyway, let's let's get into it here. End of a shell championship goes to the team of Destiny. Uh the team that well I mean, the self-proclaimed team of Destiny. Should add, didn't necessarily feel that way in the first forty five minutes, but the Washes spirit, after going through a little bit of extra time, pull it out with a two one win and Boy Eric, I mean, like I said, that first half, you didn't really think it was gonna be uh their day. Yeah, you, ha- you saw that Scar Red Stars, even though they had two injuries basically before that half ended, uh they did get a goal at the end of that half. Basically an injury time, Mallory Pugh gets hurt, and then they have to add on an extra couple of minutes, and that's when you get the goal with a Cross over to Rachel Hill Who basically is at the End of the post on the Other end Um Grady Tries to kind of box her out but she can't She gets a header to it and Chicago Red Stars go to the half Up 1-0 um, This is pretty I thought Even game I'd say Give it to the Red Stars a little bit More in that first half definitely uh, They had a few more Of the chances it um, didn't feel like didn't have been able to kind of get in the game yet.
1: Because I mean, you if think? you look, if you looked at the first half, you can't quite say gas, yes, but you could tell, even specifically with the playoffs, mm-hmm. having already gone all the way out west and playing <laughs> extra time like before, you could tell they were a little bit worn down that first 45 minutes, but they had enough to hold on. But as mm-hmm. the second half crept on, they started a little bit more flow you say, getting more of the chances, and it's not the longer this goes, the more you're like, okay, this is more in the spirit's element. They can easily go ahead, find that goal to win the match. It took all the way to extra time, but everything stepped building towards that, and you're like, okay, that's finally, they have their opportunity now. But it really wasn't until about the 60th minute. You still kind of had a little bit
0: of, Mm -hmm. I will say, the second half was a lot more Washington spirit. They were definitely oh, yeah. coming back, trying to get that equalizer goal. They were doing what they could, but it wasn't, I think, until around the 61st minute, Trinity Rodman just lets out a blast that hits the crossbar. And I think you could kind of feel momentum change a little bit there.
1: And it just, that was definitely this, their wake up call.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. This started becoming this onslaught wave after wave after wave of. Trinity Robin was leading a lot of things. Uh, she just kind of said, all right, guys, I'm going to pull you all through at 19 years old, just absolutely becoming a star here. I think she had a breakout performance because she's the one that lets the pass in to McEwen that leads to the penalty. Uh, Andy Sullivan steps up. And unfortunately for the uh, Red Stars keeper, a few seconds too late, It goes right through her hands as she's going down. And that was enough to put Washington level. And then kind of keeps going the same way. Washington still having a bit more possession at that point. Trinity Rodman kind of cuts inside off the left as she finds Kelly O'Hara, one of the uh, veteran players, veteran for the U.S. Women's National Team, on the far post as she heads it across and puts it in. You know, she'd only been with the team since basically this year, uh, after she got traded from Utah. And what a moment for her. Her first goal this
1: season is the, is the championship winning goal, Eric. best yeah. time to score your first. It's like you break your yeah. duck and all of a sudden you're lifting a trophy just minutes later. That's how it's done. <laughs> I mean, what a, yeah, what a moment
0: to sit there and not only, you know, you're, your first goal, but it's the one that wins it all. Big moment uh, for her, and then just not only that, but I mean, again, not to make it all about one player, but Trini Rahman really was uh, fantastic in this game. and Again, getting the assist on the winning goal, getting the pass that leads into the penalty, much-deserved uh, penalty at that um, as well, but gotta give it to Bledsoe, the keeper. Well, because Donia comes in, I think like two or three minutes to go, and she has a shot that literally could have gone into the left corner, and Bledsoe stops it point blank right there. Defensive duties there for the keeper, yeah.
1: Not just defensive duties; it was great positioning on that. That one at that point, it really saved the match. uh Where I think you know, perhaps the the
0: Chicago Red Stars keeper. Kind of let him down a little bit on the, the penalty. But <clears throat> was right there and totally deserved, um, that big moment. I like, think she got the MVP, if I'm not mistaken as well. So NWSL with all the stuff they've gone through this season, with everything that Washington went through this season, ending the year on a, I like, think like an 11 game unbeaten streak or mm-hmm. at least seven games. Uh, that's a fortuitous thing for that team and just. What an awesome story for them to get it and get that victory, and get the championship! Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I mean kudos to them. And if you really think about it, not only is this a storybook ending to this season, but now imagine what you're going through and carrying into 2022. We went through all of that, came out champions. Now, hey, we've got this more level of stability. We've clearly got a whole bunch of talent. We they can easily reload and run it back. Oh, yeah.
0: uh, for sure. That's going to be an interesting time as now, you know, they're going to end the season. You got another two expansion drafts because you got two teams uh, coming in next year. And hopefully you've got a less, less crap that you got to deal with. Uh, you know, as far as what the, the whole league had to go through, uh, this season with all the stuff with uh Paul Riley and then Richie Burke as well that affected the Washington spirit directly. Um they're still dealing with the ownership issue of wanting Baldwin out. So we'll see if that fixes itself. Uh in time of the off season. We'll obviously be covering that as things go on here. Just wanted to we needed uh, to give NWSL their due here. Their season may have ended, but they got a lot going on and again, things look bright, at least on the playing playing field, and that's
1: what matters really. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where Yes, even with all the drama, in the end, comes down to the players, the product on the pitch, and this was a great, wound up being a very great game to end this Yeah,
0: Eric, I mean, anything
1: that um you want to talk about from the game or uh, anything else before we move along here? I don't feel as bad losing my uh, specific wager that I had mentioned before. I mean, with the way the Washington, that they conducted themselves. And again, you went from having your first generation to start with battery. Now you have Robin out there. The team's going to be still in those great, capable hands with someone who's so young.
0: Yeah, let's get on to, I'm sure, here's the thing, by the time we're talking about it, you literally probably could have heard every other freaking pundit, uh, especially in the European realm, uh, discuss this already. But obviously, we always talk about a Manchester United moment. I've tried to do it at the end, just to kind of give other other things their due most of the time. But this is such a big story; uh, we got to talk about it. And obviously, because it affects our team, Eric, and also just because it's something that we consistently have been talking about. Every time we have to talk about a game that involves Manchester United, we have to talk about the manager and now former manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, as he is out at Manchester United. Uh, finally, the board
1: pulls the trigger after a 4-1
0: drubbing at Watford.
1: Let me ask you a little something. Do you remember where you were or thereabouts September of 1989?
0: I was like two years
1: old. Yeah, I was about three myself. The reason why I bring up that lump, that was the last time a Manchester United team had that sort of a loss to a newly promoted side. Think about it like this. The Premier League didn't even exist yet. It was the English First Division. Finally! They're like, we're not going to get the top four with this guy. He's done. He apologized to the traveling fans. Goodbye. Good night. Sweet, Ole. Sweet
0: indeed, uh, Eric. I think that kind of sums up everything. Maybe too sweet is honestly how this uh, made me feel by the end. Let's talk about... uh, I don't know if there's too much to talk about with the match itself, but let's talk about the match itself here for a, a brief time. The first half was awful. I mean, it's more of the same of what they've been doing, but it just, it's, it's crazy when, you know, David De Gea gets interviewed after the game and he tells you all these things that you're seeing right off the bat, right? Of they look listless. Yep. They don't know where they're going nobody seems to have an idea of let's play through here let's play through this person there is no pressing at all no one is coming up from the back to make sure that when they lose possession they're not just getting absolutely caved in on the back end no just nothing and then the worst part is you have that double penalty save by david De Gea. You would think that that would galvanize the team. They would start, let's go, let's go, we can beat Watford. They couldn't even freaking get a penalty in twice. No. And then, oh, nothing, you know, and then only that, they get scored on twice. And once by the same guy that couldn't hit it in a penalty, but he's, you sure give him the space to strike it.
1: It Was a terrible lack of discipline, not just with the, Disjointedness. Terrible, like everybody was saying. We don't know how to start games. Not prepared for the first half. You know whose shot that is. Plus, this got to such a point. Encroachment on a penalty. Yes, Watford encroached too, but come on. At that point, you know, the player's taking his run up and everything. You know better. Uh, I mean, some-
0: I'm not, I'm not too. On that, I mean, Coachman happens a lot.
1: No, I get that it happens, but it's the best way I can say another symptom of everything that's going on. It's like, okay, you can at least do something right in these instances. That's fallen apart. What was there left?
0: No, I I mean, it's the truth. It's the truth of just, yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's like ridiculous. You get 62% possession in this game. Again, this is the same problem with this team. Mm Mm-hmm. We have possession. We don't know what to do with it. That's yep. so not Manchester United. It, it's absolutely ridiculous to me that you have a squad that has all of these talented players and you guys can't figure out how to make this work. It, it's incredible, uh, to me. And it's, it comes from the manager, right? It's, well, I mean, look, the players are to blame here, but the manager sets them up to not have a plan. There's yeah, no either- plan.
1: And yes, you need a lot of talented players, which we have, at least for the time being. But the problem is, the manager sets up that collection of talented players to either succeed or fail. 62% possession, yet Watford got 20 shots. Yeah,
0: not just that, but it's just, it's incredible in your goalkeeper. After he gets to at the game, we don't know what to do with the ball. Professional players don't know what to do with the ball because your 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 coach is not outlining this of what they're.
1: No, anytime, they t- anytime you have another manager say in training, we don't know what they're gonna do. Wait and see. In essence, everybody and, go and home, that's, that's and then problem.
0: it's all reactive. Yes. They have to go down two nil in order for them to wake up and go, oh crap, we're losing. Oh oh man, we need to do something. And it's just like, are you are you kidding? Why on earth are you are you are you having to wait until you you have possession? You'd be the one
1: boss in the game. Exactly. You know, it's if you're gonna keep possession, you should know. All right, these are where they're lining up in defense. This is where we're gonna have open space. If we gotta go tiki taka, press a little bit out wide, something like that, something so we can prolong this, wear them down, get our chances and score. There was nothing. Nothing.
0: Absolutely absolutely nothing. I mean, like, it's incredible that you're talking about Wofford having won back-to-back home league games against Manchester United for the first time ever. Why would your freaking goalkeeper who's done so much for you this year making a double penalty save not make you go out there and just be like, yeah, we're pumped, let's go. Like, really? All I saw was them passing it around the park like, ah, no big deal. We're not down to we're, like we're not down at all. It's no big deal. Like, come on, you Sunday know, Sunday
1: league match. It, it was a Sunday league match.
0: It you gotta have more will within yourself to go out there and do this, and it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. And then, okay, sure, they fight back and get the one goal. Uh, Van de Beek gets put on at halftime, and he was the only player that really, I mean, aside from Ronaldo, who tried. I think you know. He really went out there and, and tried again to score and he laid it off greatly on that, uh, on that header that he lays off for of Vanderbeek Beek right in front to score the goal. And then you're like, okay, cool. Here we go. Here we go. You're gonna, you're gonna try to, to get out there. And they did sort of, you know, really give it a go and everything. Ronaldo tried to do too much by himself again of like just taking, I don't know why everything has to be first time with him. <laughs> you don't have to go with spectacular every time. Like you can go a little bit forward and run up a little bit forward and then try to shoot. I don't understand with this, with this whole going first time, every time thing, when he gets the ball, uh, he gets a pass to him. There's just so many players that seem very lost. Uh, Bruno, I don't think he even knows what he's supposed to be doing at this point. He's sitting there recovering balls way back there with the defenders. Harry Maguire is just absolutely bonkers at this point. In the first yellow, whatever maybe shouldn't have happened because the player was offside at that point. But right. The second yellow that he gets is absolutely ridiculous.
1: Stupid.
0: Like, 69th minute, you lose the ball. You're very freaking Maguire. You're not just anyone here. You're supposed to be, you know, England's part of England's premier back pairing, and you have to go take that guy down the way you did, and you know you're on a yellow. It's almost like as if you did it on purpose and To me, this is the ultimate, like, thing with, with Ghostfire. It's not the reason why. It's just an ultimate telling of who he is.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: why it doesn't work. And why this doesn't make sense for, oh, he's going out. High five. You got a red card. High five. Are you kidding me? I'd be sitting there yelling at him as he's going out the, like, dude, you just cost us a chance to come back in this game. Like, what is wrong with you? You know, it's I, a, it's a bonehead move. Yeah, it's something he wasn't thinking at the moment, but it's like, yeah, and I I, but that's the problem with him. He's, it's too nice. It's too forgiving. He has that, those stares that he gives, but then when it's actually time to confront the player, it's just like, nothing. All right.
1: And even, all then, right, son,
0: whatever, you know, and all it's all
1: kinds of reports, you know, not sticking to certain things in training, not even confronting players for, following their rules and training and such so it's like no i mean to be
0: fair they actually played better when they had 10 men it seemed like whopper kind of laid off a little bit thinking that okay well we have the extra man so we don't have to worry about stuff we'll just kind of let them come to us and soak up pressure and it almost kind of backfired on them but then of course they get the two late goals and uh thank you ma'am get woke for one but that's like, that's just kind of like that, that straw that breaks the camel's back of like, wow, you oh, yeah. lost the Wofford for one. Uh, that's the reason hours, just hours later, they're having that meeting and finally at 530 in the morning, uh, Joe Frazier finally, or not Glazer, sorry, Joe Glazer ha- makes the final decision of sacking Ole. To me, it's just, okay, about time. Yeah. But it's just, I don't, I don't understand all this fanfare for him leaving, right? Of like, why are you having an an interview with man United team, and then all he talks about is, well, I mean, oh, I hope I left the team in a better state, and no,
1: you didn't
0: uh well, I would say he did after the meal you know, uh, he maybe he he like kind of brought back some things as far as you know bringing some of the kids in and all that stuff, and like maybe having a more of a structure or whatnot, but I think the thing that that made no sense to me is that the entire thing that he's talking about is like. Oh, I made so many friends. Uh, some of the play- old oh, players that came back, oh, they were my friends. And then oh, and then uh, the new people that came in, they were my friends. It's like, what? Is this all this was to you? Um, a time to make friends? And, oh, I got to have fun and I got to be the manager of Manchester United. And Not everybody could do that and whatever. It's just like, that's your takeaway from this entire thing. Wow. First of all, doing an interview anyway, like, wouldn't you be mad? Wouldn't you be upset no. that you just and lost and this
1: his job? Like, no. And this is what it was. He knew there's a lot yeah, of yeah. word coming out that's like, Hey, you don't beat Walkford. You're done. Well, it's not, it's not just that he don't beat Walkford. I think maybe he just he kind of was like, Well, yeah, I got my opportunity. That's yeah, it. I, I mean, because yeah. even then it's like, Oh, with the extension, this and that. But as the season wore on, you started hearing words about point totals. Yes, he started hearing words about this window of games to save your job. Yeah. And you would have well, thought at the it was end the of three r- games, right? The three games that
0: they did the, the mm-hmm. basic win, lose, draw, mm-hmm. right? And then, okay, they let the Man City thing happen. Probably should have happened really after Man City. And when you get to the, yep. left of the, the break, right? Yep. When Aston Villa and Norwich are bringing in their managers, Manchester United should have taken that time and secured someone and Already oh, had him in, and then you tell Michael Carrick, dude, okay, you're a caretaker for this amount of time. We're shoring up whoever it is that's going to come in, and nothing, right? And then you let Ole come out of the national break, go to Watford, and do that, and now you're forced to fire him. You don't have a again. They don't have a plan. Nope. No, this is this is so dumb. This is Manchester United. Come on, like I'm not even saying this as a as a as a supporter of this team. I'm saying this as Manchester United are a huge football club.
1: They How are. in the
0: hell do you not have a
1: plan? How in the hell do you not have a people that you're going after? Look at who's owning this club. This is exactly why those fans stormed Old Trafford in so much of a level of dissatisfaction. Moments like this, times like this. This isn't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a Manchester United football club. But, but
0: you know what? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the frickin' Super Bowl.
1: So you Again, can't say.
0: I, I, I'm uh, not I,
1: even saying it from that regard. I'm just saying, yes, things are run different. You can't just copy one manner of success and one sport and think, hey, well, but as long as we do this, no, different but, realm. Okay.
0: Fine. But what I'm saying is you need, you, sh- the team, the club, the, yes. the management, the owners, you knew, you knew that Ollie was going to be gone. The moment that five goals go past a, a, against Liverpool, that's it. You know that he's not the guy. You should have known he's not the guy when, when you lose the Europa League final. You should have known he's not the guy, uh, during last season. So what's the point of continuing to have him there and then just, I don't want, I don't understand. Like, you don't have a plan of, okay, well, well, now you want to go after all these, all these different coaches, right? Well, all mm-hmm. these coaches are with other teams at the moment. Go in your, okay, we're going to go after Sedan. Sedan doesn't know English. So you have to have Sedan talk to people through a translator. It's that really the best option you have when, I mean, I'd say Sedan isn't. He, uh, he's won three Champions Leagues. He's mm-hmm. won leagues around Madrid. His CV is long. That's the problem with Solskjaer, right? He didn't have any kind of a CV. He was an intern manager instead so of said he's an intern manager. He gave him the job because he was legend of the club, whatever. It worked for a little bit. It did. But it, it went too long. And so now you're scrambling, right? Now they want Potocino, uh, Potocino, right? Well, that might happen, but you have to hope the PSG doesn't win the Champions.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, the PSG as the minute they're out of the Champions League, all right, you may have that as a possibility. And all the back and forth with Zidane. He's waiting for the French job. Well, Deschamps, what did France do? They just won the Nations League. They just stormed through and they qualified for the World Cup again. So that's not going to be available. So you're thinking, okay, maybe the end of the season. Something. But it's like there's a lot still left on the table, basically. Yeah, I mean...
0: The idea is great. Let's go after, Mm -hmm. you know, Eric, (laughs) let's go after the Ajax manager, Eric Ten Hag. Mm -hmm. He's done absolutely Mm -hmm. fantastic there as well. Mm -hmm. But these are, these are situations where you gotta have to pretty much wait to the end. You're not going to be able to take them from their jobs now. Eric Ten Hag actually got approached by Bayern Munich a couple of years ago in the same spot and he said no. So he's probably not going to say no now. Uh, Luis Enrique, who apparently Ronaldo is the him. He's like he laughed he says, "Is this April Fool's Day? like why am I gonna leave the Spain job when we just qualified for the World cup what what sense does that make right He doesn't even he had he said he made the joke of like I have like five thousand players at my disposal I want that that I have more than what I could ever want. Why would I want to go to Manchester United and uh Brennan Rogers is the one that's been around the four potuccino and he's he said he basically told everybody at the club that. He's not going anywhere. So, you know this, right? All these people that you want are not available now. So, what do you have to do? Well, in most senses, you would say, okay, well, Michael Carrick is going to take the team to the end, right, Eric? Mm -hmm. But not not Manchester United. We're going to have an interim to an interim. Does that make sense? No. That was my reaction to you, right? So, instead of just letting Michael Carrick take it, I understand that you... The problem is, right, you have to make top four, or you're not going to get know, or Sedan. Or, no. Uh, Navy and Rogers, you might, but not, not those two guys, not Eric Ten Hogg when he's been at Ajax and going to champions and everything else. I don't understand. I don't think that he would want to just move when he's being sought after by so many other teams. He would just yeah. go to Manchester United when you don't have champions.
1: And and, and let's face it, I know it's still relatively early, about a third of the way through the season. That's the thing is, this, you've got a lot of time to figure this out. Yeah. But you gotta start winning at some point. And this is my point. A third of the way through the season, we're sitting in seven. Is there an opportunity to make top four? Yes. But as you just said, the wins, the points, they have to start coming. If not thick and fast, Relatively close. Because if you think you're having these issues right now, look at where you would be sitting. April, May, season's done. Then what? The caliber you could get? I mean,
0: considering how good the league has been, and then you still got Conte coming in with Spurs, you know, you got Arsenal getting better under Arteta. Yes, they got whooped by Liverpool, but looks like a lot of people are going to get whooped by Liverpool this season. West Ham is being uh, is playing out of their minds right now. You know who the top three are, but this mixture underneath doesn't bode well for you. It's not a guarantee that fourth
1: or fifth for even Europa League is, you know, viable. Because lest you we know. forget Thomas Tuchel and what he's still doing at Chelsea. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying, you know what you're, who your top three are. Yeah. But I'm just saying fourth,
0: fifth with, like, let's say... You have Magic United and about five or six other teams with Brighton. What's going on with Brighton with Graham Potter over there? Like, you have a lot of teams that are mm-hmm. in that mix and you can only lose so many times before you're completely out of that mix because those other teams are, you know, let's, let's discuss some interim options here. Laurent Blanc is being thrown up again. He was going to be the interim before Solskjaer when they, you know, when they dropped Mourinho. Of course, he, play with Manchester United, and he's over there in Qatar, or Qatar, uh, just like Xavi was, with uh, Al Rayan right now. So, you would think that he would leave Al Rayan for that job, mm-hmm. right? Okay, at least he has some experience with Marseille, PSG, and uh, the France job. It goes so well with him at the France job, but fine, you know, maybe he just needs to find a spot that works for him. Uh Rolf Ronnik Rang- uh he's with Lokomotiv uh, Loko Moscow right now. But he's done this before where he's come in and done, he's kind of like a management position over there with Lokomotiv Moscow. So that's part of his thing is that he would want to be moved up to like director of football. Whoever's in that position right now, we know Darren Fletcher's technical director. Would you move one of them out to put him in just to have him come in and do this job? Because he has done it mm-hmm. with like RV Leipzig before where he kind of saved their season. And even talk of would you would you do another legend? Would you bring in Wayne Rooney, who's doing a job over there with Derby County right now? Would you really put yourself through that again? Because Uh -uh. I think I think it's one thing, Michael Carrick, right, to tell him, "Hey, I'm sorry, man. Regardless of what you do here, you're probably not going to keep the job, man." You bring in a legend that played with Ronaldo and Wayne Rooney, and you tell him. Hey, it doesn't matter if you get us to a Champions League place. So it doesn't matter if you get us to a whatever. You're not going to keep the job. I mean, that's that's difficult, and, right? And, like,
1: and, and especially the difficulty of saying, no matter what happens, you're not permanent. Plus, even though he's cutting his teeth with Derby County, if you've looked at that club in the past couple of years, Rams are in shambles. All, all they, kinds of things. You know, they mostly, lost twenty-one
0: points. Administration.
1: Yeah, mostly. I- at the pitch, yes, yeah. completely agree. But even then, it's a lot that you gotta contend with. And yeah, that a little bit of adversity could help you with that coaching, but it's still a massive step up to United, even with all that. Right. But I mean, like, how would, how would that even, would,
0: would Ronaldo be okay with a, with Ranguni coaching him? You know, it's like, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. I mean, they're the same age. Like, you know, and then, yeah, here comes another guy that's from that era of Sox Ferguson and he knows and, and all that stuff. But, man, I just, I don't know. I don't see that working out very well. Um,
1: wouldn't, it wouldn't.
0: I mean, honestly, if you're going to pick out of one of those, a Navy Laurent Blanc would work. But, again, like, this is what's so bad about this. is like, other than offering Potocino a bunch of money, I don't think that, which I don't think they're going to do, not at this stage where they have no leverage, right? They have no leverage outside of waiting till this week and letting, uh, seeing if Manchester City go and blow out PSG, which I doubt. And then maybe you know they're 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 not looking so good for the Champions League, which is their one competition that they got to win because, like you know, they're gonna win Liga. They're like five eleven points ahead right now, and
1: oh yeah, well every yeah. That's why the ownership came in and very similar with Manchester City. It's like, okay, we're giving you all of this oil money. Go ahead and win Champions League. That's it. But still, look, there's a lot of prospects.
0: But the whole thing is, whether it's Michael Carrick, whether it's Blanc, whether it's somebody else, got to get this team and pull them by the bootstraps and be like, listen, can't keep doing this. We're going to have a plan. We're going to have. Some kind of system of play, a pattern of play. That's the problem. You, we, we talk about Greg Berhalter and all the stuff with these, but at least he has some kind of pattern of play,
1: right? Of course. Like, at
0: least he has an idea of what he wants them to do. And he can actually logically tell you when they're made, when they make a mistake, when, yep. when they get, he gets something wrong. You know, the, the Jamaica game was the first time that you, that he didn't get the tactics right at, at halftime. Like, with, Oh, Solskjaer, it was never. It was, he, his interview that he has at the end of this game, not the end of the game, at the end of the game and then later with Manchester United. He has no, an- he doesn't really have an answer for any of why this happens or why that happens or he gives you the most basic answer. And that's not who you need as a, at Manchester United as your coach, as your manager. Like, look at the top three who they have and then look at you. And I think that tells you a lot of where you exactly. are. Exactly. Exactly. It's <laughs> it's frustrating and it's sad, you know? And it's just, well, it is this will be obviously be a fluid story. We'll see what happens. As somebody that liked Michael Carrick as a player, I would love to see him be able to, you know, make a run with it. But I can kind of understand also why it happened now, because Oldies had the, got a lot of luck and the champion mm-hmm. and watch him go pull a rabbit out of the hat and get a win. There. And then it's like, well, how would you sack him after that? And then you go to Chelsea, and it's like, well, he's probably not going to win there. He's going to get shellacked again. And then we're like, well, we didn't expect to win at Chelsea, right? So we go through that whole circle again. Yep. So it's actually really good that this happened because it would have been that whole circle again.
1: It's no uh, longer doing just enough to keep your job another couple of weeks. Now it's now high. It's,
0: you got to do something. You got to do something. So, yeah, obviously this whole... I'm sorry people that, that don't really want us to be talking about this every week or this is not your favorite segment that we, um, but unfortunately this was happening. I think anybody that knows anything about this situation knew that this was going to happen, uh, one time or another. Um, so who, like, just so we can, you know, have a, I guess a prediction or somebody that we kind of, where we both see each other on this, who would you want to come in out of all
1: these names? That you're hearing uh, To go take the job I personally made no bones about it I know with the language barrier And everything I'm heavily rooting for Zidane The experience in the Champions League The experience with Ronaldo Even though maybe you get One season tops But someone who has Been a talented player Has handled talented players A lot of different egos And tough positions it's like if this is really where you want to be and having it at the top, he's dealt with these top teams of pressure and expectation.
0: I mean, the only thing I
1: don't like hearing is that apparently Saddam was
0: not the most tactical mind uh, when it comes to kind of like a Jurgen Klinsmann situation where he was, somebody else was handling the tactics and he was handling the other stuff. Right. Um, I think in England, the language barrier is a big deal. Obviously, he has coach Ronaldo, he's coach Perron, uh, same country with Pogba So you have a little bit of understanding there. And again, I don't have anything against Saddam at all. Just, uh-uh. I don't know why. I, I, for me, I think personally, out of anybody, I think Potocino knows the league. He, I think he's always been kind of intrigued with United. I think he definitely, he likes projects. He liked Spurs until they kicked him out. And he, they, actually, he was going to return to Spurs again before he got the PSG job was the rumors. So. I would love to be able to see him, I think, work with United and, and get to be signed with him. If not, I'd love to see Eric Ten Hogg, uh, from IX, but I don't know that he would necessarily leave Ajax uh, at the moment. Uh, but yeah, I, this is going to be a thing that we're going to keep talking about, uh, throughout until they, they figure this out. So, and we'll talk about it again on Tuesday because they have their, the Champions League match on Tuesday when we're going to be talking about the other Major League Soccer stuff. So. We'll get to see how the team plays with uh, Michael Kerrick's first game in charge. But moving on, uh, from that here, we do have some other things to talk about before we get out of the show here. Uh, these are more international. Well, actually one of them involves the Premier League, but it's more about the Premier League in the United States as far as where, what we're going to be watching. And for the next, for the next six years, it's going to stay the same. NBC is going to have the Premier League rights again. They paid $2.7 billion uh, to keep them here. And I think it's also, to be fair, on the Premier League here, they decided that they wanted to go with NBC, somebody that they knew, somebody that they know takes great care in really promoting the league. And that's a testament to the EPL, like actually caring about those fan fests that they do and everything else to bring the league uh, some more notoriety. I may not be the biggest fan of the whole Oh, well, is it on Peacock today? Is it on USA today? Is it on NBCSN that's going away uh, at the end of the season kind of thing? I hope they don't bring back the sports gold thing because I don't like the whole having to uh, pay it, put them out for that.
1: I mean it, it that's got to be within the realm and not even at the I, end of the season. I don't season. think so. End I of the think- calendar year. Come So come January NBCSN is gone so those matches will most likely defer to USA network.
0: Yeah, definitely more to USA, but I think
1: that hurts Peacock if you're going
0: to go put it behind a paywall. So, um definitely probably see more stuff with Peacock at that point. They already have that live channel on that front there too. And I am I'm, I'm happy that they stay there. They did uh turn down a joint bid between CBS and ESPN to have the league, which that would have been interesting to have the league on both those streaming services and how ESPN that already covers the league a lot on ESPN FC and everything how they would have been able to treat that but I think it also would have really kind of hurt their the investment that they put in La Liga because now you're deferring to the biggest league in the world and now La Liga is going to seem kind of secondary um, whereas like right now La Liga kind of leads off all their coverage and uh, they really have to kind of pay attention to that because they invested in it so they're they're having to you know, do what they can to make people watch that. And I guess as cool as it would be to be on something that, like, you know, you pay your $10 or your $7, whatever, and you know those games are there on Paramount Plus or on ESPN Plus, you know, at least NBC knows how to do this. They have great a great team around them as far as their presenters and everything else. I like the way that they do the matches. I would have hated to see ESPN once again have to use the same five or six dudes to kind of cover the matches. I love the fact that you get the world feeding. You get to hear some of these different voices. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so it's good to see that
1: NBC is, uh, NBC is keeping it. Yeah, so, and I was really intrigued when I found out some of the other bidders. Not even mm-hmm. so much CBS and ESPN because in covering with other leagues and other sports, I know what they're getting. But Fox are making their foray. Yeah, Fox. Warner with HBO Max. I'm thinking, okay. That well, would have
0: been something else, right? To, like, see all these games on HBO Max now.
1: I'm like, yeah, because, I mean, and I'm partially biased because I have HBO Max, you know, as right. part of my subscription. But it's like, HBO, outside of boxing, hasn't really done sports since the 70s. So it's like, okay, if they're dipping their toe back into this now, how is it going to be done? What's going to be the game plan? It would have been fun to watch. No, for sure. I don't know that it would have been fun to watch
0: because then they could have also decided to use that to up the price to 20 bucks a month.
1: And that's expensive, there. I mean. Well, yeah. I, I, and I know. get it would have been expensive yeah. if you have it without. But now again, for someone like if you already have a subscription to HBO through your cable provider, they bundle in HBO Max. But right. again, it's a cable but provider. So many people are so paying a lot more. Right. The whole and reason for why you're getting board, HBO
0: Max is because you don't want the cable provider. I mean, right, you're, you're, one of the the last, of- you're one of the last few people that, that, I'm not saying last, you're you're one of the few people that still have cable mm-hmm. and you still have a pretty big cable package. Um, I don't even have that. Like I have the most the, the most limited uh, cable that you can have. And then I have the Latino channels for my family that, that likes that stuff. But and, I mean, it helps me because when we need to watch certain games that are on Universal or... A two day NA there or whatever, uh, so like that's fine. But it's just I don't know that it would have been great for soccer fans, for football fans. Would have
1: been much to have tougher,
0: it. much yeah. tougher. I mean, if you want to expand the league's growth, I don't think that HBO Max and water Media would have been the way to go. It's and I think that also helped NBC a lot that mm-hmm. they still use a large channel presence, as in being on TV. Because oh yeah. CBS has kicked almost everything to Paramount Plus. ESPN does the same thing. You'll get the one La Liga game, the one Bundesliga game on TV or whatever, but everything else is on the streaming channel because of mm-hmm. the NFL and college football and everything else. And it's like, if I'm the EPL, like, why do I want to go somewhere where I'm going to be second fiddle
1: every time? Exactly.
0: Yeah, this will get ESPN plus a lot of subscriptions, Paramount Plus, subscriptions, but you're not going to be, The end-all, be-all. There, you're going to be kind of that. Whatever NBC has Sunday Night Football, and that's a great, you know, plug and everything else. But then they don't have anything else really. Golf and and NASCAR. What? So like, yeah. I mean, that's great for them that Premier League will now be their major major sport now that they lost hockey. So that I think that's even better for the Premier League to to know. Oh yeah. NBC from the Premier League. And then especially with Telemundo, right? They they have the Spanish rights to the World Cup. So, Premier League World Cup. I mean, that's that's great on the Spanish end, too.
1: Oh, yeah. A, a very well done deal. I'm not knocking it whatsoever. I thought it was in the end. I was like, okay, this is great. I don't have anything else. And then, come Championship Sunday this year, yeah, you'll probably have that one out of the dozen or so on Peacock instead of NBCSN or whatever, but... Hey, I'll know which channel still to turn to for whatever happens. Exactly. You know, it's, it's always there.
0: So moving on, uh, from that great, uh, great bit of news to some interesting news. Uh, here we, you know, uh, Major League Soccer changed their platform format to be like a one game knockout round kind of thing. And now FIFA has done the same with. They're intercontinental playoffs, you know, because of COVID and all these, uh, not wanting to travel to all these different countries, right? And depending on different protocols. Even here in the United States, we're starting to see some of the, you know, it's starting to go up a little bit again. Because yeah. Of the, it's the fall season and
1: it's going up. You're hearing all around Europe, what's going on in Austria with their lockdowns and all different yeah. things going on. So, so yeah, the less you could travel, the, the
0: more it's uh, better for. FIFA to get all this stuff done without uh, as many issues. So they have decided to just go to neutral locations to have the intercontinental playoffs. Now on Friday, uh, Black Friday here in the United States or the Friday after Thanksgiving or whatever, November 26, you're going to have the actual draw. So you're going to know who's going to play who. So the next time we're talking about uh, CONCACAF qualifying and who's going to want at 4th, Panama, whoever that team winds up being, will know that they're going to play whatever place team in either Asia, uh, Oceania, or um, South America. So you're going to know that, are you going to wind up playing, say, Colombia, if you're Panama? Or are you going to wind up playing, just the could possibly be Japan, the way things are going. Japan, uh, Australia, China. Well, Australia is being, I think it's too good. They're being too good right now, but Japan's kind of in that, in that little bit of a yeah,
1: because I, I looked at the ahead of this group B in Asia in quite a bit top three, bottom three. So, yeah, Saudi Arabia's playing a
0: lot better than I think a lot of people thought they were going to be coming in. Uh, so that's kind of putting a little bit of a pickle in it for the usual, the two usual teams that qualify out of there, but still. And then South Korea is doing well on the other on the other side, that Group A side, um, which you can actually watch those on Paramount Plus. By the way, mm-hmm. just thought if you're living in the United States, you have that. You can actually go check out those ballers. But still, yeah, that's we'll know who's going to play each other, but they'll play each other on a neutral field instead of going doing the whole oh well travel to Panama and then travel to Colombia or vice versa. It's just in one place, one game. That's it. You won't have the tie like, you know, Metsco had against New Zealand to go do. It's, you gotta win it there. So it'll make it much more interesting when we get to that. And Asia will will be, that'll be tight for them. They'll come they'll be coming off another, their final
1: playoff game. Yeah, because as it's currently scheduled, they don't have a fluid date, but they say May or June of 2022. That's right. when they're going to have the 5th place playoff. And then, they've already earmarked june 13th and 14th that's when the intercontinental playoffs will be and then even as for the main draw you're only gonna know 30 of the teams because it will be before those two playoff games happen so it's going to be a crazy few months leading up to that november 21st kickoff yeah certainly and then
0: you they were going to take place in march but they moved into june so uh, June 13th and 14th, that's when we're going to be seeing these games happen. And also, Oceania is going to have to do sort of the similar thing for their entire, uh, World Cup qualifying, uh, playing in Qatar itself, uh, because of they can't be going all to all these different countries due to COVID protocols. So.
1: Well, and I mean, between COVID protocols, travel issues, just in general, because of the state of Oceania as it is, they're like, Hey, FIFA, we need your help. You can say, hey, if we're going to be able to be in Qatar in March. We'll figure out everything else from there.
0: Yeah, because LCN is going
1: to get, a, for the 2026 World Cup, they're going to get an automatic bid,
0: and they still have the option to, to have another team qualify, uh, you know, to the playoff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they just, it's good for them that they're going to be able to get their 11-member associations the chance to get their qualifying underway here. Come on, you mailman, I'm counting on you. Yep, the mailman will probably be <laughs> representing again for like the fourth straight time. So uh, we'll see how that goes for them. Let's see, maybe they sneak in and get in. Maybe that's that happens. But uh yeah, I'm we're, you know, Eric's still waiting on what's going to happen with Orlando as, as uh, Nashville will play Orlando in that one of the MLS playoff games on Tuesday. I'm, I'm rooting for you, Eric. I'm rooting
1: for I, you. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm seeing some of these other games and I'm nervous. <sighs> yeah.
0: Considering how some of those other games have gone already,
1: I, I agree. I'm nervous,
0: uh, for you on, on that front, Eric. It's, uh, but, uh, I'm gonna hope for the best. I'm gonna hope for the best on, on that. Um, America's in, uh, they're waiting, uh, to start the, La uh, the Liguilla as, the repechaje uh, happened this,
1: they happened on, on this weekend as well, if I'm not mistaken. I actually saw what what ended up being a crazy ending to the uh, Puebla-Chivas match, which yeah. Puebla scraped by in penalties after having to come back, which... Oh, wow. Yeah, that was nuts. It was nuts. Yeah, well... Chivas
0: thought they were gonna get through
1: to the playoffs. Uh, and, they, and, and they had it! 2-1, and then all of a sudden, just a total mess at the back. Puebla got that equalizer, and it was too late. And then, was, ah, uh, 10? No, 11 out of 12 total shots made in penalty? Odd. Uh, Santos v Atletico San V, um, as well, for the FHI, so. Ah, uh,
0: two of the big teams, uh, going through on that end, Santos. And so, you know, and as far as talk about crazy, crazy endings, Milan lost their first game of the season in Sadia 4-3 after being down 3-0. And they came back and, uh, lost. But I mean, credit to them for pulling that off. Uh, just, just crazy stuff here. Dortmund were able to win. Uh, so. Uh, keeping pace of Brian Munich they're only down one point to Bayern Munich right now uh, so I'm I'm happy with that Valencia got a nil nil uh, that we talked about briefly so teams are going okay not not necessarily the best but they're even okay uh should note that the other two uh, Ligia repercha matches were Puma, uh, Puma beat Toluca 2-1 and then monterey who's done ridiculous and if they didn't make it through the Repachais, what an absolute travesty that would have been because they have the best roster in all of Liga MX, and they have, you know, like they the highest paid salaries and everything. But they were able to beat Cruz Azul and do their thing. Uh Two penalties from Funes Mori, by the way. Uh, so yeah, Monterey goes on, and we'll see if they can complete the the double. You know, perhaps uh, winning the, the Champions League. And then maybe winning the you know winning the league, but all right, um, that's gonna be it. Like I said, we'll be back on Tuesday night, really late, because Seattle has to play freaking Real Salt Lake at ten thirty at night because of, you know Pacific time zone and all that. Uh, we'll talk about all the Major League Soccer playoffs. We'll talk about the Manchester United whether they win, lose or draw against uh, Villarreal. Mark Michael Carrick's first game will be an interesting one there. And then we'll we'll talk about whatever else has been going on since then. Uh, So we'll be back in a couple of days here. Um, Until then, everybody, thank you for listening and joining us here. Uh, If you like what you heard, you know you can always or watch. You can hit that subscribe button, ring the bell, so when you get, you know, when we do, uh, you know, have another show, it's there. Of course, you subscribe to the whole WTO network, you get everything we do. So you'll get. The soccer show here, you'll get my video game show that I do with Mark. You'll get Eric's, uh, the kickoff and life is like a game show and the league to the max show. And I don't know what other show Eric does. And I mean, and then of course, all the Mark rather stuff and entertainment
1: still in development. So stay yeah. tuned. Yeah. Still in development. The other thing.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah. And if we're available on wherever there are podcasts, I pretty much just look up there. You nowhere. Or just look up soccer, the Max you'll find us. Until then, we will see you later, everybody.